You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night here on a spooky Halloween edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is the SB Nation NFL show where, shocker alert, we love the NFL. Today is Monday, Football Monday, which means we're going to recap all of Sunday's action. I say we, as always, on the ones and twos here at MFM, the fantastic Rachelle Prevet. That's not me fishing for the MFWMVP. MVP. We'll see where she ultimately hands it out when the episode is over. My name is RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's blog and the boys, home of the 6-2 and two Dallas Cowboys, of course. And normally with me every Monday is Pete Tweeney from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride, but it appears Pete uh, ate too much Halloween candy and needed to take a, a sick day of sorts. So um, our 10th option filling in for Pete Tweeney from SB Nation's Niners Nation. I've hosted a show with him for what feels like 20 years at this point in time. He is beautiful in every conceivable way, and he has a beautiful baritone voice that he's now going to grace us with for the next hour or so. You can hear him, of course, if you subscribe to the Espionation NFL show, uh, whether that's on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. It is Rob Stats Guerrera. Stats, thank you for being our 10th option. Uh, the first nine, not available, but uh, you are here wearing your Victory Monday shirt. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, who you did not believe in, I picked them. Actually made them my lock of the week on the look ahead on Friday. You picked the Rams to win that game. So, haha, you're stupid, and I'm not. Never been so happy to be wrong, RJ. How are you on this Halloween? Which, by the way, may I say, unequivocally, best holiday. Um, Without question. Easily. Wh- why? No family. You get to dress up. You get candy. And you hang out mm. with your friends. It's the best holiday. Funny how the, the best part of your... Um, your like requirement here is no family. That is true. There's not generally like the get together that, that follows. Um, with... Okay. Yeah. I disagree, but uh, I can see the logic today is Halloween last year on Halloween, the Dallas Cowboys played stats. I don't know if you remember that it was on Sunday night football. That was the, the beginning of Cooper Rush's uh, apparent meteoric or rise uh, to um, uh, superstardom in the NFL. They were successful. Those Cowboys were on the road against the Minnesota Vikings, but those Minnesota Vikings, not the team, that we saw last year. No, 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 stats. I believed in the Minnesota Vikings. I picked the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. And again, that's not me sucking up to anybody, uh, particularly not our guest, Christopher Gates from the Daily Norseman here, SB Nation's home for Minnesota Vikings content. Chris, I'm serious. I picked the Vikings to win the Super Bowl over the Buffalo Bills. All my cohorts around here laughed at me, poked at me, said, that's so stupid, this and that, whatever. Look at us, you and me. We did this, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us here on the SB Nation NFL show. 
I am grateful for whatever role I have played in the uh, Vikings currently being six and one. I'm guessing it's not a very large one, but, you know, I'm just happy to contribute. You know, just keep grinding and uh, keep getting better every day. Well, then who do you um, attribute most of the success to right now? I mean, the Vikings are six. Is it, you know, Kevin O'Connell? Is it Kirk Cousins? I picked Cousins uh, before Michael Irvin did to win MVP um, because I thought, like, I I believe in this offense. And I thought if that offense is successful, there's a story there. You got to have a little bit of a narrative kind of coming out of nowhere. Kirk was fantastic. He put on the wheels uh, on on Sunday afternoon against the Cardinals. (laughs) He sure did. Every time that guy scrambles, he looks like Bambi trying to make her way across the ice in the uh, old Disney cartoon. It's kind of awkward, but uh, yeah, he got the job done. But, you know, as far as the Vikings being six and one, as opposed to where they were at this time last year, I I think you got to give the credit to Kevin O'Connell. It's just a completely different uh, vibe, a completely different feel around this team uh, than what we had last year. Uh, somebody just posted the stat uh, a little bit ago on social media. Uh, the Vikings played in 14 one-score games last year, and they went six and eight uh, in those games last year. Uh, this year, they played in five <clears throat> uh, five one-score games, and they are five and zero. Oh. So that uh, that has a lot to do with uh, with culture and whatnot, I think, and you know, just believing that you can go out there and win when everything uh, isn't going perfectly for you. It seemed like last year, for whatever reason, there were issues with Zimmer and some of the people in that locker room. It certainly seemed like he was no fan of Kirk Cousins. We've had other players recently come out and talk about how there were things going on behind the scenes. Do you get the sense that 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 was a bigger issue last year than maybe we knew at the time? And then obviously with Zimmer gone now, those problems are gone. I think it really was. I mean, we saw the story with uh, Cameron Dantzler that came out this last week where apparently he saw Zimmer at the uh, Vikings facilities during a time when he was dealing with injury and said, "Uh, Coach, you don't talk to me anymore now that I'm injured. And Zimmer's response was, I don't talk to guys that are injured, which seems weird. I mean, the guy's guy's still on the roster and everything. So, you know, you should should talk to him and whatnot. But I think Zimmer got to the point, kind of like Denny Green got to uh, toward the end of his time in Minnesota where – you know, you're most coaches coach for so long and the message eventually gets a little stale and stops getting through and whatnot. And, you know, I, I think that the change was needed. I don't think Mike Zimmer is necessarily a bad football coach. I just don't think it was sustainable for him to be the head coach in Minnesota any longer, just for those reasons that we were talking about. Yeah, I do think there was um, I hate to call it magic, but but early on in the Zimmer era, the, the Teddy Bridgewater, you know, injury and, and obviously the Adrian Peterson situation, there was this like, you know, like, I guess, reputation of like overcoming, persevering, like everybody kind of roots for that coach. And you do kind of feel like, you know, nothing is over when that coach is in charge. Um, you mentioned the word culture and kind of the, the story that you and, and Sats were just talking about. Um, the, a story that's come out in the in the, in the fallout of this game. Um, I say fallout, no, no pun intended, because Patrick Peterson kind of, you know, clapped at, at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, obviously, you don't cover the Cardinals for us here at SB Nation, but it does seem like there was some really bad blood between he and, and, and the Cardinals organization, even talking about how they left whatever it was, letters on, on his in his locker, like a fan's getting all pissed off at him and things like that. Um, it, it does seem <laughs> like like the Vikings have built something that that is is no longer toxic, is no longer clunky, is no longer gross, is, is just sustainable. And, and, I, and to your point, I think that has a lot to do with their success. I think it does. I mean, you know, Kevin O'Connell, he's the second youngest coach in the NFL right now, and he's he's got a different perspective on things. And, you know, they they had to make the decision on Cousins uh, going into this season, what they wanted to do with him. And uh, Kevin O'Connell convinced uh, management and the ownership that he could win with Kirk Cousins and the, the rosters that was mostly constructed now. So 
They brought uh, Peterson back. They brought in Zadarius Smith, who might be the best free agent signing of the offseason for anybody with the way uh, he's playing right now. And, you know, they, they just things are just different than they were last year. Then, uh, and, and yeah, I think Kevin O'Connell is probably the biggest part of that. So what's the outlook for this team the rest of the way now? They're six and one. Nobody else in the division is over 500. Are you willing to say that the division is theirs? And, and what's sort of the ceiling for this team? Well, I mean, as, as a Vikings fan, we know better than to kind of jump the gun on these sorts of things. If you think back to years like uh, 2016, they started out 5-0 and and wound up missing the playoffs because they went 8-8 eight and eight and just completely fell apart uh, the second part of the year. But uh, like I said, this team is different. I, I do think they're going to, uh, to win the NFC North pretty handily, uh, and they're probably going to be one of the top three seeds uh, in the NFC. Uh, whatever's going on in the NFC South, I think they're going to kind of be at the bottom of the uh, division winners, but they should be one of the top three seeds in the playoffs, unless they just, like I said, completely fall apart or uh, Kirk Cousins gets hurt, which has never happened in his career. So uh, hopefully it won't start now, but yeah, they, this team is probably looking at uh, 11 or 12 wins and a division championship and a, uh, a return to the postseason. I, well, shout out to you and I, Christopher. We're the only ones who believe. <laughs> Nobody else around about? here. Um, we did it. Uh, Christopher Gates from SB Nation's <laughs> Daily Norseman. Check out the Daily Norseman for all your Minnesota Vikings coverage and needs. Christopher, thank you so much for joining us. Um, enjoy the win. You're not going to have one in a couple of weeks in the Cowboys. Oh, God. Uh, I had forgotten the Cooper Rush thing until you brought it up again. So now I'm uh, traumatized. I'm going to have to go and uh, lay down here for a bit. I think. <laughs> That's my job. Enjoy your siesta. Thank you, Christopher. Have a great thank rest you. of your uh, your holiday. Uh, stats, um, what is your favorite Halloween candy since you apparently love the day so much? Mm, that's a good question. Twix is always solid, but I'm still a Butterfinger oh, hey, fan. I don't, 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 don't name a lot because I have come up with a challenge for you since you are a special guest here. And if you succeed at this to the degree that Rachel thinks is successful, all right. um, I, I'm fine with you winning MF double MVP. We're about to rip through all of the other games from Sunday. We obviously just touched on Vikings Cardinals, although that Patrick Peterson story is like, man, bad vibes around the Cardinals. Well, like, but also, That's... like Patrick Peterson, you've been cheeks for two years. Like, what's not I, acting I like do they're think, awesome now? <laughs> I mean, I do think there's something to like flexing in the first opportunity you get, and he got that. You know what I mean? So he kind of like had a yeah. circle, but whatever. Um, but anyway, um, I would like you to compare each game that we talk to or talk about. The first thing you say, I want you to compare it to a Halloween candy. So it has to be like a Halloween related candy. You can't be like, oh, this one candy that I had in high school or something like that. Like it has to be a pretty popular candy that everyone can identify with. All right. I like it. I'm in. And you have to you have to tell us why that game, the way it unfolded. And obviously, Stats is a busy man. He had a lot going on on Sunday with his Niners. I'll help you out. In, okay. in fact, Stats, um, as I'm making the rules up as, as we go, you are allowed two lifelines. So on two different games, you can ask for me and Rachel each to come up with a candy for that game. So if you're, if you're stuck, you're in a pinch, you're in a bind, you say, RJ, Rachel, tap in, give me the candy for this game. Jeez, okay. Well, I didn't even know I was going to be hosting the show an hour ago. So great, let's <laughs> <know>. do it. <laughs> Rachel, um, I have now volunteered you to offer a candy. By the way, there are no repeats allowed. So okay. Rachel, uh, be heads up, you know, whatever game Stats calls you on, you can't name a candy anybody has named to that point. Um, so Stats, let's start. Let's start with your Niners. You're you're our guest. You're you're the guest co-host here. Um, thirty-one to fourteen, the final score. Again, I made this my lock of the week on the look ahead. So shout out to me. You once again failed in that department. Christian McCaffrey became, correct me if I'm wrong, the first running back since Ladanian Tomlinson in mm -hmm. two thousand and five yep. to throw, catch, and uh, rush in a, a touchdown. Um, 
this this was the like I imagine the game that every Niners fan was like, this is why we traded for Christian McCaffrey. So first up, the candy, then your thoughts. Ooh, I think the candy, I'm gonna go with Starburst because I feel like better the longer it goes. Like okay. when you get into the middle of the Starburst pack, you're like, oh, this is really freaking good. Your jaws, muscles are flexed now because you've had like some of the Starburst. And that was exactly right. what happened in this game. The second half of this game, the 49ers absolutely dominated. They outgained the Rams 230 to 61 in the second half of this game. And the 49ers offense was just motoring down the field in the second half. It was finally functioning, RJ. The way we said we thought it should function, second half of this game, the 49ers punted on their first possession. Then they go touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Final possession, they punted, but they weren't even really trying to score at that point. That's the way it's supposed to look. And my only question to you is, and this is something I'm going to talk about with 49er fans later today, does this mean that their offense is back on track or does it mean they know how to beat the Rams? I'm not quite sure. Um, so I subscribe to the theory that some teams own some teams, particularly within divisions. Right. And it's very clear. It was, I can't even count how many times I've seen that the Niners have now beaten the Rams in eight straight regular season games, but the one game they lost was the most <laughs> important one. The NFC championship. I mean, like, again, I've seen it a thousand times. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I, I think some of that's like the culture of the teams, the, I guess culture is like our word today. Uh, but in this case, I think it's the head coaches, um, Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. And you know what this is like, um, Rachelle, obviously the Eagles were playing at noon. And, and so we all kind of know what the business of this is. Uh, Cowboys played at noon. So like first half of this game, I'm still in the like aftermath of, mm -hmm. you know, our post game show and things like that at Belong with the Boys. Um, so when I parachuted in, um, was, I guess after the Cooper cup touchdown um that um the 16 yard one that put made things 14 to 7 and i saw the fox highlight of, of sean McVay like buddying up matthew staff and i was like oh stats spoke this into existence right like here they come whatever and then like of course like the Rams just fall apart like because that's who they are i think that's who they are but more specifically that's who they are against the niners um and now the niners this was clearly the like new toy game they're like you wanted christian mccaffrey <laughs> you wanted to trade for you trade cam makers away look at what christian mccaffrey can do um, so I'm a little bit slower to come around on the idea that the Niners offense is back. Um, but this is who they are. Like, this is, this is what it takes, like, like a magical performance by your superstars, which isn't sustainable, but they've gotten it at the right times more often than not in the last few years. Um, I don't know that I would be like, Oh, we're one of the best teams in the conference now. Uh, but I do think that the Niners are a playoff team. I think the, I, I think the Niners should get all the love, but man, the Rams are losers. Like the Rams stink. Like there's nothing to like about you can see that this winning streak that the Niners have against the Rams gets in their head. It messes with their head. In the second half of that game, the Rams started to come unglued. Jalen Ramsey's talking trash to Robbie Gold. How are you going to talk trash to a kicker, man? They got a dumb... He's done that before, yes, has he not? Yes, he like has. <laughs> it's weird. They got a dumb late hit penalty out of bounds that gave the Niners an extra 15 yards. They actually converted a third down, a big third down, and then immediately after that, they get an unsportsmanlike taunting penalty that pushes them back 15 yards. They It gets in their head. When things start to go wrong for the Rams against the 49ers, you could almost see them thinking like, oh, no, here we go again. And for the Rams, look, look, they got to dig themselves out now. And I know they won a Super Bowl. So this year is kind of playing with house money. But things Do are they really like, does anybody really remember <laughs> that? Like it was so like, whatever. And but, yeah. Sean McVay in one of the all time loser moves 
late in this in this fourth quarter, the Rams basically decide the game is over. They just start running the ball on third downs. But inexplicably, McVay has Cooper Cup in the game. He completes a pass to Cooper Cup, and Cup gets hurt. He injures his ankle late in this game. He was walking with a noticeable limp after the game. I have no idea why Cup was in the game. I have no idea why he was throwing passes to him. Afterwards, Sean McVay said he was kicking himself for having Cup in the game. It's the only pass Cooper Cup caught in the second half of the game, and he got hurt. Sean McVay is a coward. And I, the whole reason is like, I'm kicking myself. Now people will be like, well, he's accountable. Like, I hate that. Like, that is so lame. Um, the Rams have three prove to us you're not fraud games coming up in a row um, after this loss. So they're now three and five. They're at Tampa this coming week. So again, which one of you is a bigger fraud here? Um, <laughs> then they host the Cardinals um, and Kyler Murray. I, I know all the Call of Duty. I'm I'm ready to retire at Kyler Murray Call of Duty jokes. Like it's been, it's too much at this point. Like I don't, I don't need it anymore. Uh, but that's just me. And then at New Orleans. Um, so, I mean, if you lose there, I mean, you're, you're Raider frauds, right? Like that's the new thing. Like when you're that kind of fraud, you're a Raider fraud. Um, so, um, okay. Are you ready for your next candy challenge? I am. All right, let's move on. This was kind of sneakily the game of the, of the day and maybe the game of the week. Um, so far down in Georgia, a lot of great songs to start that way. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons get the overtime win over the Carolina Panthers, 37 to 34. Uh, thanks to DJ Moore uh, in a couple of ways. Uh, your candy analysis of this particular game. This is a Kit Kat that is kept in the refrigerator, and that is key. You got to keep it in the refrigerator. You take that Kit Kat out of the refrigerator, all of a sudden you take a bite, you're like, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. I agree, but I do want it to like, I don't want it to be like room temp, but I want to take it out of the fridge for like five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to bite into it like straight out of the fridge. Okay. Like, it needs to, it needs to warm up just a little bit. Our, our fridge is really powerful. So that's maybe like a, <laughs> my household situation. Um, DJ Moore caught what should have been the game winning touchdown oh. at the very end of this game. Uh, incredible throw from PJ Walker. Uh, Patrick Mahomes tweeted out that it was the throw of the, of the season so far. Um, it was incredible. Um, but DJ Moore takes his helmet off. Um, and I said it at the time conduct. as I was watching it. My son was sitting next to me. I said, Thomas, that's a penalty. You can't do that. It was a big deal. Um, so he takes his helmet off. Everybody's heard this story. Uh, Eddie Pinheiro misses the what would be game winning extra point. Goes to overtime. Eddie Pinheiro is offered a moment of vindication. Shout out the dashboard confessional um, and can't get it done. Uh, Atlanta Falcons get the ball, go down, kick their own game winning field goal. Um, had the Panthers won, the entire division would be three and five. But now the Atlanta Falcons stand alone at the top with a 500 record of four and four. Hey, you know what? The Falcons are flawed, but they are cleaning up so well, RJ. Big plays all around in this game. Kyle Pitts had a 33-yard catch. Demir Bird, 47-yarder. Tyler Algier. I don't even know how to say that guy's name. I apologize. You were right. That was it. Yeah, uh, that was it. Algier. Algier, 25-yard <laughs> catch. Drake London, 17-yard catch. There were two 30-yard runs by the Falcons. They were big plays all over this game. One by Mariota, by the yeah. way. Yeah. It was wild to see. The Falcons are a pain in the butt, man. They don't give up. They play hard. They run the hell out of the football, and they are – I think they're going to – be competing for a playoff spot at the bottom of the NFC. If you had asked me at the beginning of the season to say which NFC South loser has a chance to contend with the Bucks for the division, like if it comes down to that, I like the Falcons would have been my third choice. Uh, <laughs> the Saints would have, would have been my top one. And then I like I would have said, well, the Panthers, if Baker gets hot, like obviously, like we all kind of thought maybe whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I just I guess I kind of believe in them. I do think the Falcons are like slowly low key recovering well. 
um, from a lot of missteps. I don't think that they catch enough heat for being as involved in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes as they were. Um, that costed them Matt Ryan, which in a football sense seemingly saved them uh, because it paved the way for Marcus Mariota. Like, imagine this Falcons team with Matt Ryan. Like, it wouldn't be fun. You know what I mean? It, it would be really, really, really bad. Yeah, they'd be worse. Um, right. They have survived the Calvin Ridley suspension, right? Like, that. this is it. Like, the Falcons are going to be that team next year. People are like, well, they're getting Calvin Ridley back. Like, who knows what the quarterback situation is going to be, whatever. I know a lot of Falcons fans are, like, crossing their fingers for Lamar Jackson. But, man, I – it's possible. I mean, they're four and four. They get to play these these same fraud Panthers in two weeks. I hate this, by the way. Twice in three weeks. I hate that. Before I know. Before then, they go to um to to play the Chargers, who are also frauds. Then they get these Panthers. That's on Thursday night football. Then the Bears. Then the Commanders. Then the Steelers. Then the Saints. Okay, yeah. Then the Ravens. Maybe you get a future glimpse at Lamar. The fraud Cardinals. The fraud Nulls. And then the Bucks. Like I mean, it's. They could win eight, nine games and yep. be a wild card. Why not? Like, it's it's totally – they could win the division at this point, like, with the NFC South the way it is. And he'll never win the award. But shout out Arthur Smith, man. Doing as good a coaching mm -hmm. job as anybody right now. He's never going to win it because that's just not how that award works. But he's making it work. You know, he doesn't have his guys in there yet. He's still kind of turning over that roster. And when, if you can win in the interim, like, you get a lot of credit for that in my eyes. It's um, I know that you'll roll your those same eyes at this statement, but when Jason Garrett was hired by the Cowboys initially, it, it, hang on, hear me out. Everybody made a big deal about like the three straight eight and eight years from 2011 through 2013. They were rebuilding. They were building the offensive line that has helped sustain them, like the culture of it since then. And I mean, so like you can go 500 three years in a row while you're building up your roster and your vision. Like that's hard to do to your point. And we're sitting here throwing flowers at Arthur Smith because he's 500. Um, so shout out to him. Shout out to the NFC South um, for sucking um, <laughs> in a very special way. Um, but all right. So we have now touched on the Vikings and Fraudinals. We've touched on uh, the Falcons and Panthers. And we already touched on your Niners and the Rams. I guess we can just blitz through this game. Um, the Broncos beat the Jaguars 21 to 17 in London. Um, Russell Wilson returned um, to like his level of swag afterwards. His uh, postgame interview with Laura Rutledge on ESPN Plus was very confident. Russell Wilson, um, your candy assessment, Hershey bar. Nobody oh, really. Dude, that's so mean. Nobody really wants one. But wow. you're it's OK. Like you get it's still candy. Right. And we straight up or with almonds. No, straight up. We still got like Russ that. like kind of doing some Russell thing. So like, OK, it's all right. It's a Hershey bar. Dude, how did anybody believe in these Jaguars? Like, this this team stinks. Trevor like Lawrence st stinks. Can we say it? Or do we have to wait another year? Like, he stinks. Um, he ain't it, RJ. Remember after week one when Christian Kirk had, like, 400 yards, we were like, maybe the contract was worth it. Like, I don't think he, he stinks. But, um, I mean, whatever. They had the money to spend. Like, I, don't, I thought that was silly to make a big deal of it. Trevor finished 18 of 31 for 133 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, one of which was just awful, right? up against the goal line. I mean, like one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. Uh, Russell also had his own interception. Um, the Broncos, it just felt so painful. Like, it, it, I mean, it just felt like, like they dragged themselves to this win, the Broncos did. Um, there were different varying reports whether or not Nathaniel Hackett would be fired had they lost this game. Yeah. They almost did. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know how you can feel like, well, he's good. Life is good right. if you're a Broncos <laughs> fan. Like, it, and I think what's stupid is, like, there were the broadcast talked about this, too. Like, oh, man, if they lose this game, like Bradley Chubb, like he's going to go, who knows? I mean, Jerry Judy, whatever, who's getting traded to Cortland Sun? It's like like one one win against the Jaguars in London should not 
dissuade you from any of those activities. Like you, you can't like you, you can't be that reactionary as far as who you are as a team. Like this Broncos team is still very flawed. Priors are a powerful thing, RJ. For the same reason people don't want to crush Trevor Lawrence. We thought, hey, the Broncos with Russ, you know, they could they could be a thing in the AFC. So they win this game, and all of a sudden we're like, I wasn't wrong. See, I'm still right. They still have all those things that I talked about early in the year. One more Trevor Lawrence point, if I may. He is last in the NFL in EPA per dropback inside of the red zone. He is mm. terrible. He's completing. He's six of 16 inside the 10 yard line with two picks. Like, and again, this was supposed to be the golden boy. He ain't good. Uh, um, This is a weird take. And I, it, I realize it's Halloween, but like, it's never felt like real to me. Like, I kind of feel like he's like playing dress up and playing pretend <laughs> as like an NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? Like some of it's like the Jaguars of it all. I do wonder what the twist of fate would be if the Jets don't beat the Rams in that 2019 game. I'm sorry. Um, because that really just kind of, no, 2020 game um, that knocked them out of the number one overall. Pick, right. That, that gave it to the, to the Jaguars um, eventually. Like, I mean, because if you're the Jets right now, do, like, I realize that Trevor Lawrence has not played well, but if you're the Jets, I, I still think you're like, I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, well, I'd yeah, rather take Zach a chance. Wilson has been a tire fire. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think you, you, I mean, I think the whatever Trevor Lawrence loyalist is like, Urban broke him beyond repair, right? Like, that's like the party line. I'm, I'm not saying that's my line, but like, that's what some people believe. And so if you're a Jets fan, you're thinking like, if we had gotten him here with this core, I mean, because right now, if you're a Jets fan, we'll get there. Like, it's like everything is great except for the quarterback. Trevor would be thriving here. That is like a funny butterfly effect moment. But um, but dude, this Broncos team is so bad. I just, there's nothing about it that I like. I did like the uniforms. I, I can't believe they never worn the white tops of the Navy bonnets before. It's a good look. Yeah, I actually liked it too. Um, wow. Okay. Do you have anything else to say about this game? I do not. It was gross. Good. Because I, um, it made me sad. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and do it. Let's just get it out of the way. The Dallas Cowboys offense woke up. I almost called you Dak Prescott. I don't know why. Uh, Dak Prescott is like, he was back against the Lions, but he was like back, back against the Chicago Bears. Dak Prescott stats finished. Maybe it's because stats kind of sounds like that. Uh, finished 21 to 27, 250 yards, two touchdowns, ran one in, actually got the party started on the ground. Tony Pollard uh, was Zeke Elliott as a, um, I guess you could call it a healthy scratch, technically, obviously dealing with an injury. But, um, and I don't think Zeke would have been inactive if the Cowboys weren't on by this coming week now. Uh, but Tony Pollard, 14 carries, 131 yards, the three touchdowns on the ground. As mentioned, one of them, a 54-yard dagger that kind of made the game. That was surprisingly close, um, far out of reach for Chicago and their limited offense. Uh, Malik Davis got his first game or played his first game in the NFL, almost scored a touchdown, was down at the one, and uh, Dak threw one to Jake Ferguson right after. This was the... Okay, this Cowboys offense is back. The defense is amazing. By the way, Micah Parsons had his first career touchdown in this game, returned a fumble, and Justin Fields does not know the <laughs> rules of the NFL that you uh, have to touch players to mark them down. Um, th this was, um, I don't know if you remember last year, the Cowboys beat the Falcons, and it was like a big just domination. And last week, everybody said th about the Lions, this is that game. The offense is going to be back. They're going to just kind of run through the Falcons. That I'm sorry, the Lions. That did not happen. This was that. This was the party before the bye. Life is good if you're a Cowboys fan. Life is very good. And you had a good tweet, RJ, which I give you credit for, uh, about Dak Prescott and him coming back. Do you do you remember the exact wording of the tweet? Because I thought it was really well done. Um, I tweeted Dak haters throughout the his dominating first half. Like that was the gist of it. And their like proverbial line was like, "Man, y'all need to chill out. Like it's just one half. Like relax. LOL." Um, and because he threw an interception right at the very end of the first half, 
Uh, so then I, I wrote like Dak haters at the, you know after the one interception at the very end of the otherwise perfect first half, like oh well he sucks, he's a loser, <laughs> he's trash. Told you that's exactly what it was like. Like just look at the look at the difference in the offense. Cooper Rush is there, and they're you know they're doing what they can. Dak is back. He's back in the flow of things, and they drop basically a fifty burger on the Bears. Like that is the well, difference. Seven points for Micah, but you're right. Well, yeah, but still, I mean. This is the offense that you expected to see. And how, like, I feel like for years we've all been saying Tony Pollard is the best running back on the Cowboys. They should give Tony Pollard the ball more. Zeke is finally out of the picture, and Tony Pollard blows everybody out of the water. Like, yes, sometimes we're right that when there's, like, a collective opinion, sometimes it's wrong, but sometimes it's dead on. And we saw yesterday Tony Pollard should be the starter, should be the bell cow, I don't care that Jerry Jones likes Zeke. I don't care that Zeke was at one point better than Tony Pollard. He isn't now, and that is clear. Mm, you said priors are a powerful thing. Zeke Elliott was the fourth overall pick, highest Cowboys pick since Russell Maryland um, in the very early 90s, who they took number one overall, and is kind of the face of this era. He, you know, The Cowboys moved over to the star with Zeke's rookie year, and he's been their identity. Uh, I'm going to use my lifeline for you, RJ. What is the candy for this game? Oh, I can't believe I already forgot to ask. See I've it? lost uh, points. I can make them back here. Um, to me, well, I'm going to go with my favorite. I mean, I, it's my favorite team, obviously, so you set me up well. I'm going to go Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. It was perfect. Like, it, it was it was a perfect game if you're a Cowboys fan. Like, it was well done. Plus, uh, the rapper is orange, and so were the Chicago oh, Bears. They wore their uh, orange uniforms and orange helmets. I do not like it. I hate it so much. They look like the Browns. What I hate the most about it, I actually think you'll agree with this, is the logo is different. The the C is navy. That's not the Bears logo. The the logo <laughs> is an orange C. Like you're I, I hate when the Colts do the white horseshoe. Like their logo is the blue horseshoe. So you can't just change your logo and get away with it. Um this was Pollard's second career starter or second game without Zeke Elliott. The other one was actually against your Niners in, in 2020, the game that got flexed out of some of that football. Um and he um he had a big run, big touchdown run in that game as well. Uh, that kind of inflated his day. Man, Pollard, though, this season against the Bengals had a 46-yard reception that, I mean, Cooper threw like two yards to him, took it all the way down to the one-yard line. He had a big 40-plus-yard touchdown, or not touchdown, big run against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Everybody saw that. He had a huge 57-yard touchdown run against the Rams a couple of weeks ago. He had a 54-yard touchdown run in this game. Like, I'm not somebody who thinks Pollard's the bell cow, like whatever. Like, I've kind of given up on that argument. And it's not really giving up, but they're both useful. Like, they, they can both help your offense. And... Jerry, whatever, go ahead and talk. I mentioned this on our postgame show. At the at the end of the day, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, Tony Pollard, Zeke, they understand what, what's up here. And they're the ones implementing things and, and figuring things out. And so I trust them. Like, I trust McCarthy and Kellen Moore to utilize them both properly. Um, so that's ultimately the good thing, whatever Jerry has to say. You're right. The offense looked great. Dak, this looked like prime Dak. Like, I know he had the interception, but, I mean, just incredible power and zip on the ball. Uh, it was so much fun to see. Uh, we didn't talk about the Bears. But I don't want to be the uh, the guy who complains about officials. Um, I was slacking with you and Brandon about this. There was an awful roughing the passer penalty uh, called against Chauncey Golston in this game. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like if you're airborne and your hands are up in the air, <laughs> like I, I, I just I don't know what you're supposed to do. And that negated a Trayvon Diggs interception. Uh, there was another play. I don't know if you saw this where Khalil Herbert fumbled. Um, and then the argument was that he recovered his own fumble before not fumbling again. Yet there was no clear evidence that he recovered his own fumble. Um, yet the officials gave the Bears the ball, or had them retain the ball. The Bears got two touchdowns off of those two moments. I mean, this 
this Bears team is is kind of cute and kind of spunky, but these these 29 points are really misleading. Justin Fields, I don't know. We were talking about this too. He's so bad, dude. Like, sure, he can run. That makes him, I guess, more valuable than Trevor Lawrence, maybe. But like, he is so bad. It, I mean, but for whatever reason, people are trying to will him into existence. Maybe it's a, a prior is a powerful thing. You know, we're talking about candy. Justin Fields is like the good and plenty of NFL quarterbacks. Oh, like, nobody eats those. They're terrible. Everybody knows they're terrible, but for some reason, people keep giving them out. People keep trying to sell us that Justin Fields is good. On the ESPN write-up for the game, and I think I slacked this to you and BLG, there's a whole section, and it says, oh, Justin Fields is solid again. And I look at and I'm like, wait a minute. The dude threw for, like, 150 yards. What are we talking about? Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, those... I, again, I'm not trying to complain about officials, but 13 of their 29 points were d direct results of very questionable calls. Other, you know what I mean? So, like, I think people parachute in. They're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah 20, put up 29 points. Oh, he was amazing. He jumped over Micah Parsons <laughs> when, when, when Micah had the ball. Like, dude, you have to touch him. It's amazing. I'm done with Justin Fields. Like, again, how long do we have to wait before we say these guys stink? Come on now. On the subject of that, something that you and I are simpatico on, um, we're, I think we're the only people who are willing to say the Lions stink. Like everybody else, oh, Dan Campbell's so cool. He's so funny. He says so I many weird it. and crazy zany things. What do you mean you called it? I've been saying this before you, Stad, so welcome to the party that I am hosting. No, I uh, called the, it when he was first hired. I said, this uh, guy's going to get more slack that. because he gives good podium. So uh, the Miami Dolphins defeated the Lions 31 to 27. We'll get to the Miami side of this and we'll get to your candy. But I have a question. Do you know, I was reading this uh, in um, in Mike Sando's pick six column right before we started recording. Uh, do you know what Dan Campbell's record is? He's coached 24 games for the Detroit Lions. No, he's got to be like, does he have like five total wins? Is that your guess? Yeah. He is four, 19, and one. So you were very close, <laughs> but you went over. So Price is Right rules, Damn. you don't have to go to the showcase. Fair. Um, do you know what Matt Patricia's record was in his final 24 games? So the most recent 24 games of the previous coach to the first 24 games of the current coach. No, I do not. He was five and 19. So uh -huh. technically a better record um, didn't, doesn't have the tie or didn't have the tie uh, that Dan Campbell does. Um, that's where we're at here. But because Dan Campbell's super cool and because he says in his press conference, I know we're close and it's just down to one. It's not down to one play, dude. You Like, this is not the same thing. Like, you're not the same team as this Dolphins team or last week's Cowboys team or the Patriots team a few weeks back. I mean, like, you stink. Lions, you are so bad. Like, how is this possible that they're always this bad? Same. Oh, by the way, your candy. Ooh. Uh, well, I was going to give the Dolphins. I was going to make the Dolphins Rolos. What's well, you're giving the game the candy? So go ahead. Rolos, because the Dolphins oh. are really good, and Rolos are friggin' great, man. Really underrated. People don't oh. think of Rolos. That's a great like grab at the at the counter of the gas station uh, candy. Yeah, you're never disappointed. You know the Lions, and I, I'm reminded of this by Michael David Smith, managing editor of Pro Football Talk, who tweeted this out. They fired Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell mm -hmm. was 36 and 28. And since that time, the Lions have gone 18, 52, and two. Like, and traded away their franchise quarterback because they created a like culture of dysfunction. And got which, Calvin like, Johnson to retire early because right, like, they stink. Those, those things happened because they suck. You know what I mean? It's not like because the coach was different. It's right. because they suck because the coach sucked. Um, I do think we should talk about the Dolphins a little bit more in this game. Like, where do you rank? The Dolphins offense. I mean, Tyree Kill is better now than he was with the Chiefs. 12 catches, 188 yards for Tyree Kill. Jalen Waddle, eight catches for 106. Like with Tua here, 
where do you put this offense in terms of best units in the league? So um, I want to say on Tyreek, uh, you know how like like Aaron Rodgers clearly makes a terrible GM. LeBron makes a terrible GM. Tyreek, you want to choose your team? You're pretty good at this. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like you, you actually have uh, some really solid uh, thoughts and ideas behind this. I, I, I mean, I put I put Buffalo and Kansas City at the very top offensively. Um, I have a hard time putting Miami above Philly or even like what Dallas did yesterday, if that's who Dallas is going to be moving forward. But they're right there. They're a top five offense, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm fine saying that. But yeah. like, I also like the, the peak of it is a top five, but they're just so not consistently there all the time. I mean, you know, and I know that Miami's had their struggles and some um, some other things we'll say. But, like, I just don't trust that to be around all the time. But I am excited about what the future of them is going to be. I do think that they're flirting with purgatory here because, like, what do you do with Tua in, in the offseason? Like, you've seen a lot to be satisfied with, but, like, is that enough to tie yourself to him for another season? You don't have to decide right now. Just do nothing. Just let it play out. You'll get much, much more information. And honestly, like, you don't have to do anything this offseason either. Like, if you want to keep him around, franchise him. That's what it's for. Like, don't freak out about that don't act too early just let it play out if you're miami all the power is in your hands there's no reason to overreact and throw a contract at him none do you do you know if the playoffs started today which is stupid to say halfway through the season but if they did do you know what miami's fate would be no they are the sixth seed which means they would travel to play the three seed in the wild card round. The three seed in the AFC Kansas city is the Kansas city chiefs. Ooh. We would have Tyreek in Kansas city. I like that. that would be fun. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I do think that I'm, I'm not picking anybody against the chiefs, but I do think like an electric offense that can maybe not go shot for shot with you, but like, I'd be interested to watch that game. I mean, I'd, I'd it'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, certainly. So, um, but you're right. I mean, they're clearly the best wide receiver doing the NFL. Like who's second, like who's even a close second to maybe AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, but they're not on the level of Tyreek and Jalen water right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of agree. I'm just trying to take a quick scan. I wouldn't put Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen there. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are pretty damn good. Mm. Okay. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
let's head to the Pacific Northwest, home of the loser Seattle Mariners that were at this game. <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know what they were being celebrated for. Like, congratulations on winning, uh, you know, wild what they didn't win a wild card round, or I guess they won the wild card, but then they got swept. Did you see they team. actually the Mariners got a penalty called on them yesterday? They, I did not see that. Yeah, the ref was announcing the penalty on the Seahawks, and he said it was on the Mariners. I was like, damn, that's pretty good. Well, um, you know, you go to 18 innings without scoring a single run. Yeah. People are pretty pissed off. Um, anyway, uh, the Seattle Seahawks got the dub. Gino got his revenge. You mentioned Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Tyler dropped an like maybe the easiest touchdown oh. of his life, uh, but still finished with five receptions for 63 yards and a score. DK coming back from the injury, six catches, 55 yards and a score. Gino super efficient, 23 of 34 for 212 yards and two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker added a touchdown on the ground. Um, I don't think this was like an embarrassing loss for the Giants. Like this wasn't the like, gotcha, you suck game. It's just, hey, you ran into a really good team. Um, the Giants are on their bye, and I think they should hold their head high, certainly with a 6-2 and two record. Your thoughts on the game after you give us a candy? I'm going to go Milky Way because it should have been a better game than it was. And, like, you look at the ingredients of a Milky Way, you're like, chocolate, okay, nougat, all right, caramel. Like, hey, this should be, this sounds like it could be pretty good. Then you take a bite and you're like, that's all right, but it's kind of less than the You're saying you don't like Milky Way? Okay. They should be. Milky Ways are three musketeers. Milky Way. Three musketeers. I will say, I don't want the like full Milky Way. You know, like the it's not a foot long, but you know what I'm talking right. about. I don't want the full. Yeah, I get that. I want the I want the fun mini one. Like I, don't, I that's too much. But for what me. does too that much say like, about the candy bar when you're like, no, I don't want more of it. I only want a small amount. That's a fair point. But this, but I don't want I don't want the little ones that are like the size of your thumb. You know, what I'm talking about like the party size, right? Or whatever. Yeah, like the, I want it. I want the one that fits in my palm. You want not the rectangle. The you don't want the square. Um. Because they do like the yes. bite size. That's terrible. Right. But I don't want the ruler, which is the long right. one. Exactly. Okay. Uh, okay. Your thoughts on this? Well, game. I think that the Giants, like it should have been a closer game. Richie James had two terrible fumbles on punt returns that basically mm. cooked the Giants in this game. It was sort of a back and forth game. Those swung the game for the Seahawks. You know, I, I didn't think that Geno Smith was fine. I, I, you know, I didn't think he was amazing. He And he didn't do anything terrible. But. The Giants would have had the opportunity to win this game except for special teams gaffes. And it's funny because those are the kind of mistakes that they haven't made all year. Those are the old Giants, right? Those are the Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge type of Giants. They haven't made those mistakes this year. They did yesterday and they lost. But I mean, you talk to any New York Giant fan at the beginning of the year. If I told you, hey, you're going to be six and two after eight games, they would have taken it. So it was a winnable game. They made the mistakes. The Seahawks took advantage, but uh, you're right. Giants should hold their heads up high. And it's kind of a big win for Seattle now because they're five and three instead of being four and four. And they need to stay ahead of the Niners in the West because the Niners have a, a victory over them head to head. Five and three with a chance to really stake their claim in the NFC West at Arizona next week before the um, the Germany game against the Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I, by the way, we found out over the weekend, like reports are that NFL Network's going to like call that game, I believe. Um, we're going to get like a four-man booth. I think they've done that before. four-man booth? I think it's Rich Eisen, Steve Mariucci, Kurt Warner, and Michael Irvin. I could be wrong. Oh, like, don't quote God. me on that. You don't need um, that many. You don't. Like, they're, they're, take, they're taking the like NFL game day set. And you know the right. crew and making you know what I'm saying like and so yeah we don't that's too many people uh too much traffic whatever um I, that's my preferred uh, morning show but still like you know whatever um I agree kind of low key big win for the Seahawks and low key big win for Gino like he's just kind of like adding them together like 
of the like shaky quarterback surprise stories or whatever this season, I think Gino's the most stable. Like, yeah, I, I, dude, like I mean, we mentioned it's a good time to be a Cowboys fan. Like, what a time to be a Seahawks fan. Like, you are just like you are just taking dubs over Russ Wilson right now. Tyler Lockett had the quote after the game. Did you see yeah, this? Yeah, you said well, you slacked it to me. So yes, I did see it. So respect on the credit. Um, I, I do think that some people, including myself, uh, well, tell people, took it a little... tell people what the quote is. Well, so I, I was about to say, I think that some people, including myself, took it a little bit out of context. Um, do you have the quote in front of you? Because I, I yeah, he said, quote. it's amazing what we can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. Um, mm. So like. I could see that as like the inflection is super important, right? Like if you're like talking to like, and if he's looking around the locker room, you know, it's like, man, it's amazing what we can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. Like, you know, you're saying like team, 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 or it's like, man, I tell you, it's amazing what we can accomplish when um no one cares who gets the credit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are very different statements, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, you gotta hear the, it. The, 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 the past certainly does lend to us believing that this is a shot at Russell Wilson. I do think it's so fascinating how like, Nobody involved in like Russell's career in Seattle is like afraid to like call him out and drag him or you know what I mean? Like, 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 like there are people maybe not afraid is the wrong word, but like who are, are not shy about it. Like, I, I think people like that have played with Aaron Rodgers or you, you hear like Greg Jennings or Donald Driver, like they're not out here being like this dude sucks. You know, they're just like, hey, whatever we, we want. It's all good. This feels really and maybe this is my trauma coming back. There's so much about the way the Seahawks are playing right now that feels to me the way they were playing when they started their run with Russ in like 2012, 2013, mm. the offense is just like making plays. You don't know this quarterback. You're like, can I really believe that this quarterback, you know, back then it was this third round guy they drafted. Now, of course it's Gino and everybody knows his story by now. They're just making plays. They've got a running back that nobody can tackle. Used to be Marshawn Lynch. Now it's Kenneth Walker. The only difference is Russ could escape and make magic happen. Gino has like one or two plays every game where either he doesn't see the blitz or he doesn't care. And he gets absolutely drilled in the pocket. That did not happen with Russell Wilson, but yeah, I keep saying it. Like how many more weeks does Gino have to do this until we just acknowledge like he's playing really well. Like this isn't just, Oh, it's Gino Smith. You can dismiss it. Like, no man, he's good. I've said a few times that I bet the Colts miss Jacoby Brissett. Not that Jacoby's good, but like, They've had their issues certainly since the Jets, man. Like you got to imagine, they're like, "What?" <laughs> like you know, like they're, they're, like they've spent two top three picks on quarterbacks since Geno and have failed seemingly both times. Um, so they're stuck. Uh, speaking of the Jets, though, uh, they fell after. Uh, remember, like we kind of talked about this. Like, how are they underdogs against the Patriots? Well, we know why. Uh, Twenty-two to seventeen, <laughs> the final score. Bill Belichick passes George Hallis for second most wins. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Um, this was kind of a classic Patriots Jets you know, kind of game. Um, I don't know. You might know what I read last night that this is, I think the 13th win in a row for the Patriots. Yep. I might be getting that wrong. Um, which is like the longest run of like one team over the other in like 50 years or something. Again, um, it was, I, I was in a bit of a haze. I was all nervous about the world series tonight when I read all this. Um, I'm also a little bit hopped up on coffee right now. I haven't even had any candy today. Um, but um, this was a, a, a bummer loss for the jets, but like, unlike the giants, it felt like the, like these were the losses right that like the like city or whatever of new york was kind of waiting for to prove that both their teams were frauds i don't think the giants are fraudulent i think they just lost to a good team this is a really kind of like exposing loss for the jets like you can't beat big brother you actually don't have the baby jets that are this like ragtag fun group or whatever um this was a tough scene for zach wilson 
you go into halftime, it's 10, six jets. And you're like, look, it's not pretty. It's ugly, but whatever you got the lead. Here's the jets offense in the second half, missed field goal, punt, interception, interception, turnover Mm. on downs, Mm. punt, touchdown at the end of the game when it was 22 to 10, like, they just imploded. Zach Wilson had an interception in this game. I've never seen anything like this. He's rolling out. He realizes he doesn't have anything, right? There's just no play there. He doesn't want to take a sack. He throws the ball away, but he throws it away in the field of play. Like, just throws it. I guess he thought, like, no one was going to be able to get to it. And McCourty just runs under it and makes the pick. And Zach Wilson afterwards has his hands on his helmet. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Like, dude. Throw it out of bounds. What are you? I've never seen a quarterback throw the ball, try to throw the ball to no one on the field of play before. It was hideously bad. And Zach Wilson has made those type of plays in his Jets career over and over and over again. There is not a single sign, RJ, that Zach Wilson can be good. There is nothing he does where you could be like, well, look at this. We have something here. No, you don't. He's awful. I mean, he's like kind of cool, right? Like that's it. Like, and and like, priors are powerful. What a great line, by the way. Um, I think the fact that he's he, and he's not even like Joe Burrow cool. He's just kind of like you know young hip cool. Um, but like every Jets fan is like, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but like I would guess a lot of Jets fans have been like, man, it just reminds me of Broadway Joe, like the the, the swagger that he walked. But like you know what I'm saying? Like p- people are constantly trying to like recreate the past in that sense. Like I, I can tell you, like from a Cowboys perspective, it's like, oh, it's like the Great Wall and Emmett all over again. No, it's a different thing. Just relax, don't be that person. Um, but actually, yeah, it kind of is I'm, like Joe Namath because he had more interceptions than touchdowns in his career. So. Um, on the subject of stupid ways to analyze this game, like my Joe Namath thing, um, do you know what Robert Sala referred to Zach Wilson as in his postgame press conference? Oh, no. What did he do now? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't as bad. Like, it wasn't the beefy line that everybody talks about, but he called him Z. That is weird to me. Like, that, <laughs> Whatever. that's like a, that's Whatever. trying so hard to make, like, he was like, oh, Z was great. It's like, or what, I don't know what he said, but he called him Z. That is so awkward to me. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know if I told you this or I can't remember where I said it, but I hate how people take the first letter of somebody's name, a first name, and then the first syllable of their last name right. and make it a nickname. Like if I called you like R. Gur, like that would, that would be like the worst nickname of all time. You know what I'm saying? I had a friend um, who would refer to Brandon Marshall as B. Marsh. Have you ever heard that before? Like, that's not the worst example, but like calling Zach Wilson Z, Z is not a letter that sounds cool to say. You know, you want to call somebody like J, you know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a cool sounding letter. You know what I mean? Um, B is kind of okay. D is a good one, but Z, Z is a really awkward letter to say by itself like that. His first name is four letters. <laughs> it's one syllable. What are you exactly. saving? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's stop um, talking about the Jets. It's like, I hate when people, like, if somebody tweets at you, like, oh, stats, like, um, are the Niners going to, like, play whoever? If you were to, like, respond and be like, go check my other tweet. Take so much more effort than, like, yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like, what's, like what's the difference? Um, your candy for this game. Oh, geez. Uh, Remember, you do have Chew. Rachelle to tap in, by the way. Charleston Chew. I don't even know what that is. What is that? You don't know what Charleston Chew is? No, I, I just said that I don't. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking at it's art. It's it's chewy flavored nougat with a delicious chocolate coating, except it's not delicious. It's made, it's made by Tootsie Roll. It's not good. It's technically candy like this was technically football. 
but nothing. Rachel said she it. doesn't know what it is either. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Rachel. You haven't Statue. lived. You have to pick a candy that we've heard of. Okay, you can't cheat like that. People know Charleston Chew. Nobody knows what that is. Give us another candy for no, Patriots. No, no, you get one candy. It's Charleston Chew. Remember that Rachel's going to factor all this into the MF double MVP. I'm you willing just to risk points. it. I'm so far ahead of you, I can lose a few points. Wow. Uh, did you know? stats that the philadelphia eagles and pittsburgh steelers once upon a time were a single team called the steagles aj brown tweeted that he got drug tested on monday morning on halloween <laughs> uh, makes sense because he caught six passes for 156 yards and three touchdowns i bet you are embarrassed considering you outlined a case based off of what seemed to be objective fact that the philadelphia eagles lost that trade a few months ago you here know on the that that was <laughs> the NFL show. Uh, Jalen Hurts did throw one more touchdown to Zach Pascal. Another Zach, Z Pascal. Uh, Miles Sanders had nine carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. The Steelers were just up against it. It was never going to work. I want to use my other lifeline and bring in Rachel for this one since she covers the Eagles for Bleeding Green Nation. Rachel, help me out here. What is the candy for this game? I feel like for this game, you can never go wrong with Skittles. I say this because Skittles are a candy that like people just, you know, take a handful, pop up in your mouth. All of the flavors are pretty good. And when you look at this Eagles team all together, like all the way around, there's no holes. There's no bad flavors on this Philadelphia Eagles team. So I'm going to go with this, uh, with the Skittles. For That's an excellent choice. Brilliant. Did you dock stats points for the Charleston Chew thing? No, I didn't. See, you should I've have heard of it. Not <laughs> points for it. It's just like okay. It's not a wow. good candy, but now that is a brilliant point by you, Rochelle. There's no weakness on these no. Eagles team, and they're now they're adding people like they just crush people, and I love that they bring in AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts is just like that's it, just yep. dropping balls right down the chimney. Double coverage doesn't matter. They the Eagles just roll over you right now. They're good. They know it. It everything must be peaches and cream over at bgn right now pretty much <laughs> um stats you sent us a link to charleston chew it, uh, this isn't some flex um just so no you know. i just told you um, i just wanted you to be able to see it that's all i know i i'm not denying it, that it exists but like it doesn't exist in in like our brains but look how so bad it, it looks even the picture it looks bad in um it kind of looks like a toblerone but that's not a candy i guess it is a candy um, no that doesn't look like a toblerone, toblerone has nuts is it Toblerone? I'm just talking the packaging. Is yeah. it Toblerone a candy? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you still have that one uh, in the chamber then uh, for later on today. But yeah, uh, just quickly, um, the Steelers like, dude, what are we doing here? Like, this is just like, ugh. they're not, you good. know, like two and six that 500, like we're like, we're watching it come down. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like the, like the people have like, uh, if it was like a statue, people have like thrown all the ropes around and they're like tugging and tugging and we're seeing the foundation <laughs> crack. It's about to come tumbling down. Um, man, uh, Gardner Minshew, by the way, got into this game. Like that's when you get stunned on when Gardner Minshew has come to the game. I just, it is working out perfectly for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Like there are teams that are, have drawn it up to win a certain way and it's all gone according to plan for them. And, you know, we were talking about Tua and what do the Dolphins do? Like this whole season was about, well, is Jalen Hurts the guy? And I feel like we know now, right? Like the Eagles are not going to be drafting a quarterback after this year. Um, it's amazing that they have a top pick. I mean, like it really is just incredible. The Seahawks as well. Like if you are a green related bird, um, good time, by the way, while we're on the subject here, 
uh, Brandon wouldn't let you be objective about the World Series. So Eagles fans are all pumped up because you just like gave them their flowers. Uh, the World Series is tied at one apiece um, as of Monday. We've got three games in a row starting today, then a travel day, which, oh, man, oh, it's also Houston, Philadelphia. What a crazy week. Blah, blah, blah. Like, again, we've heard these stories. Get creative, people. <laughs> um, well, how does the World Series end now that you've seen two games? The Astros are winning. I still think the Astros are the best team in the league. Okay, but like, give us, you wouldn't give us this on uh, Friday. Like, Astros in what? Five? I six, said seven, Astros like... in five. Okay, so you haven't changed. So you're thinking the Astros went out. Yeah. Okay. All right. The players haven't people. changed. Why would I change? Stats, I, I don't say this often, but I love you. I love every single thing about you, every fiber of your being. About so, time. Um, I, mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned that the uh, Eagles have uh, a first round draft pick that isn't theirs this season. It belongs to the New Orleans Saints. Stats, you are out of lifelines. Every candy must be chosen by you from here on out. The New Orleans Saints blanked the Las Vegas Raiders, the Raider frauds, uh, 24 to nothing, the final score in the Superdome, the toughest place to play in the NFL. Yeah, right. um, Alvin Kamara. Uh, who was connected to a lot of trade rumors on Sunday morning. The NFL's trade deadline, by the way, on Tuesday here, uh, well, here and everywhere else. But uh, if anything <laughs> happens, we'll keep you covered here uh, at SB Nation. Uh, Alvin Kamara had three total touchdowns, had over 150 total yards from scrimmage. Andy Dalton was remarkably efficient, 22 of 30 for 229 yards. Taysom Hill uh, had a completion himself. Um, that's the nicest thing I can say about him in that sense. Did have a reception, um, did have 61 yards on the ground. So he is kind of super versatile. In that sense, I don't know if that factors into your candy thing. The Josh Jacobs train kind of slowed down. The Devontae Adams thing, he had one touch entering the fourth quarter. How is that possible? Like, how, how, like, uh, like, what? Like, look at what the Dolphins are doing with Tyreek Hill, like we talked about. Look at what the, you know, the Eagles are doing with A.J. Brown had three touchdowns. Like, why are the Raiders the only team who can't get the dude they traded for involved? Candy corn. Because there wasn't a single good oh. thing about this game. Rachel, please let us know if you like candy corn before I offer my opinion, uh, since Stats seems to hate it. It stinks. It's corn that tastes like candy. It's corn is a really popular sound effect on TikTok, just so you know. It's corn. A big lump with, what is it, a big lump with knots or knobs or something? Um, I don't know all the words, yeah. but I know those. Um, so you think this game is candy corn. Rachel, I'm anxious to hear if you like candy corn or not. Um, are you saying that both these teams are candy corn yeah. or like just the Raiders? Both these <laughs> teams. There's just nothing good about it. Nothing good about it. I still don't know what the hell's going on with Alvin Kamara's legal situation. It's just right. nothing good. No way, no how. And Josh McDaniels apologizing after the game is just big loser energy. Like, maybe he's just not a head coach. There are some of those guys that are really good at offense, just not a head coach. And guess what? Maybe he's one of those guys. I think if you're apologizing um, and saying it in, like, a cheesy way, like when Josh was like, I apologize to Raider Nation, that just makes it more embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, like, like to, like, instead of saying, like, I'm really sorry to our fans, to be like, you know, like if, I don't know, Pete Carroll were to be like, I'm sorry to the 12s. Like, that would make it 500 times more embarrassing than me. You know what I mean? Like, it just sounds like, imagine if, like, Kyle Shanahan were like, I'm, I apologize to the faithful. Like, what? Like, that would, be, that would sound so stupid, like, in the moment. Um, so this sounded really bad. I would say, to your point, Dan Quinn, look at Josh McDaniel, Josh McDaniel, sorry. Like, and I'm not saying they're the same, but like, it is hard. I mean, and Dan Quinn knows then he was a successful NFL head coach. You know what I'm saying? Um, just, you know, Hey, tough cookies. Um, do you believe in the saints? No, the NFC never. I will never believe in the saints. I hate them and I always will. And I will never apologize for it. Rachel didn't let us know if she likes candy corn. Um, I do. Um, Ugh, so you uh, would, I'm not like in love with it, but I, I think it's, it's fine. Um, Oh, Rachel does like candy corn. Thank you, Rachel. Stats, you are one batch. Of, one. They've only ever made one batch of candy corn. They just collect it up every year, wash it, and put it out again. 
why would they wash what anyway um the tennessee titans um outlasted the houston texans 17 to 10 texans pretty clearly the worst team in the nfl uh, <laughs> so i don't think it's a, a surprise uh by any means the titans were zero and two five in a row they have won they are five and two now Derrick Henry, King Henry, had 219 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. I believe he has now had something, you might know the stats, 200, over 200 yards rushing against the Texans specifically in like three straight games in four of his last six, uh, which is absurd when you really think <laughs> about it. Talk about owning a team, owning a division rival. Um, this was Malik Willis's first career start in lieu of Ryan Tannehill, six of 10 passing, so really not that much of a, of a day for him uh, through the air. Uh, did have five carries himself. The Texans just stink. I'm going to go Junior Mints for this game. Oh, also a candy that nobody really has. If like, you, you have to pick good ones. like running the football, if you like the taste of mint, you're a Junior Mint guy. Like, this is for you. And that was the game for you because Derrick Henry just literally ran over the Houston Texans. And like you pointed out, like, literally, if you're Houston all week, that's the only thing you talk about, <laughs> right? Like, the one thing we can't do is let Derrick Henry run over us. And sure enough, that is literally exactly what happened to me. That is the biggest telltale sign of a bad team. When you can't Brandon Cook, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, when you can't stop the say, one thing you had to stop, you're a bad team. Uh, Brandon Cooks had four receptions for 73 yards. Speaking of trade rumors, his name has been thrown out a lot. Do if it. You look at his like. Well, if you've looked at his like his like tweets, uh, I mean the Cowboys might trade for our series. So like, you know, I'm doing my work. Uh, he has liked like 50 tweets about like connecting <laughs> him to different things or whatever. So like, he clearly wants out of there. Um, I would have gone snow caps instead of junior mints. Like there for a specific audience, I always think of that episode of Boy Meets World when Sean found the purse and there was the bag of snow caps that connected him to Angela. So the snow caps can connect you to your Angela, which are the Titans in this case. So yeah. I'll always sign up for a Boy Meets World reference. So good job by you. When is Boy Meets World? The Washington Commanders continued to expose the fraud, <laughs> loser, big, massive energy Colts. Um, 17 to 16, the final score, but Sam Ellinger, we believe in him. Oh, we always knew he would be great. I thought we totally traded for Matt Ryan. We got lucky that he was available. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Taylor Heineke, the train rolls on, uh, the commanders four and four in last place in the division. They'd be tied for first place in the NFC South with that record. Um, I'm kind of starting to believe we're going to talk about this on the NFC East mixtape, the commanders. I mean, we could have four playoff teams in the NFC East if things break the right way. Um, dude, well, let's talk about the commanders. They deserve the love. I don't want to talk too much about the Colts, but, um, Terry McLaurin. Over 100 yards, hometown, good for him. He's good, man. If I had to pick a candy for this game, I'm going to go Runts. You have to pick. What do you mean if? You you do have well, to. Well, I didn't know if you would let me off the hook. I'm going to go Runts with this one because it's almost like this was a mm. – it's like the NFL forgot they had to put a football game in this spot, and then they were like, oh, uh, Commander's Colts. Like, Runts are the candy you give out when somebody comes to the door and you forgot it was Halloween. You're like, do I have anything in this house that I can give them? Oh, here's a box of runs. I got three years ago. Sure. Have that kid. Get the hell off my doorstep. I would have gone nerds. No, runs. nerds are actually um, good. Runs are terrible. Nerds are okay. They're overrated, but um, they're all right. Uh, seriously. The Colts are so bad. Like they are just <laughs> so bad. I will take all of my victory laps around them. And Frank Reich, again, I know we're close. I know we're doing... No, you suck. This team sucks. And take some accountability. Own up to it. I, I have yet to see that from Frank Reich or Chris Ballard. That's a totally fair criticism, and they are really, really starting to earn it. I mean, Jonathan Taylor ran for almost five yards of carry in this game, and you still only put up 16 points. Taylor Heineke, man, he makes Washington at least interesting, which is more than He's you can say for a lot of quarterbacks they've had. 
he he's going to be the Bears quarterback at some point. <laughs> oh, like they're they're going to trot him out and start him and act like it's an amazing thing. Um, wow. Okay, so um, I believe the only game we have not gotten to is actually the Sunday Night Football affair between the Buffalo Bills and Green Bay Packers. And stats, my man, I got to tell you, it is just such a shame to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers struggle. Womp. So, Womp. so, so bad. You know what this reminds me of? Honestly, um, they're three and five now. It reminds me of the Cowboys who fell to three and five four years ago after a loss in Washington and were just broken on offense. Needed help so badly. Sent their first round pick to the then Oakland Raiders for Amari Cooper and he changed everything. I don't know that I think the Packers are like an Amari Cooper away, so to speak. Like whether that's Chase Claypool or Brandon Cooks or whatever, but they need help. I mean, and whoa, big, big surprise. Even franchise quarterbacks need help. Yeah. Turns out great players help other good players, great players be even greater or gooder. I'm going to take a risk here to give out the candy. I know you you guys are going to hate so this. Last one. Last one. So you have all the remaining candies in the world. And you get one to pick. My favorite candy in the world is Tootsie Rolls. And I'm giving it to this Holy game crap. because oh Josh Allen is oh so gosh. freaking good. Just like a Tootsie Roll. He's unbelievable, RJ. Mm. He's running around. Mm -hmm. Guys are trying to tackle him. They are so bouncing off of him. He's trucking people. He's throwing lasers down the field. He is just, to me, he's the absolute standard of what you want a modern-day NFL quarterback to be. And I know Mahomes is really good. Mahomes doesn't run the ball the way Josh Allen does. He doesn't have that dimension to his game because Josh Allen is a freaking mutant. He's just incredible, and it was just such like a – Aaron Rodgers' day is done. Like, his time is over now. It's Josh Allen's world, and we are living in it. So, I mean, again, just, like, awful candy choice. But, like, just terrible. I mean, like... I knew that, you wouldn't that, like that. That's your favorite candy. It says an enormous amount Tootsie about Tootsie Rolls are delicious. I don't even they're know not. what they nope. are, but they're fantastic. Nobody is ever in the mood for a Tootsie Roll. Like, it's the, like, oh, what'd you get in I your, am. like, candy haul? I got eight Snickers. You didn't even pick Snickers at all for this whole exercise. Um, and I got, like, six Tootsie Rolls. I guess I'll, like, throw them away. Like, nobody wants the Tootsie Rolls. Um, that is awful, Stats. I'm really sad Tootsie for Tootsie Rolls are delicious. Snickers. Uh, Tootsie you, Pops You can't are, even give out tolerable. Snickers because half the people have peanut allergies. Um, wow. Seriously. Just an all-time loser moment on your part. But um, something I love about Josh Allen um, and – it's difficult to love if you're a Jets fan or Patriots fan or Dolphins fan, I guess. But like, so like you and I are really detached, right? Cause like the Cowboys and Niners, like it's super easy for me. Cause like I'm actually wearing uh, the 92 Cowboys coaches polo. So like good times here for, you know, involving the bills. Right. So like, it's, it's really easy for me to love the bills. Right. And I'm sure not a difficult thing, but like it's, it's difficult for like us to appreciate certain teams. Like if the saints were ever success, if the saints had Josh Allen, you would hate him. You know what I mean? Just like naturally because of the like riff against that team. So, um, but something that is really cool in like sports fandom is when players make are, are just so much fun to root for. Josh Allen is so much fun to root for no matter like where you're coming from. Uh, the other quarterback in this game, Aaron Rodgers, is really difficult to root for, right? Like, it, you know, Packers fans root for him because of the, of the uniform he wears. But like, there's not a lot of certainly anymore. Um, kind of just like Aaron Rodgers stands. I mean, I think people appreciate and respect his talent, but nobody's like Josh Allen is just so much fun. He embraces the Bills like culture. He's this big sports fan. He he loves all his teams. He rides for all his teams. Like he he just kind of gets it. Like he he's what you want. He's he's what you dream a franchise quarterback to be. Um, especially if you're like a starving team the way that, that the Bills are. Um, he's amazing, but dude, they're all amazing. Like Devin Singletary looks like one of the best running backs in the NFL when the ball's in his hands. I know he's not, but like he looks like that. Stephon Diggs is 
maybe the most underrated receiver in the NFL. Like, I, I don't know how that's possible, Fine. but like we talked, we talked so much about so many other players, friend of the SB nation NFL show, by the way, Stefan Diggs. Um, Gabriel Davis, I mean, is amazing. Just kind of like, it's always there. It's always money. That defense is stifling. Sean McDermott gets no respect. Like Josh Allen gets all the headlines, deservedly so, but they are a monster. They are a force. They are winning the Super Bowl. Um, and I'm so happy that they exposed uh, the Packers. For I just love that they always put the ball in Josh Allen's hand. Like they get it. They recognize how good he is. And they're like, yep, okay, Josh, take us where we want to go. And most of the time he does. I do want to call out Aaron Rodgers because... Last week, he's sitting on the Pat McAfee show talking about this guy's making mental mistakes. That guy's making mental mistakes. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Well, this guy's picking Tootsie Rolls when Snickers, Snickers are available. He gets yeah. in this game and he gets totally outplayed by Josh Allen. And what does Aaron Rodgers say after the game? Well, I think the most important thing is to take a beat. After a frustration like this, the last thing you want to do is respond in emotion. So take a beat. Let it sit. There's not a whole lot to say after this game. It's going to spark the team, I don't think. Funny, you didn't take a beat after last week, though, Aaron. You threw everybody else under the bus. Now, when you got completely outplayed, you're sitting here, oh, we got to take a beat. Nobody could say anything. No, man, miss me with that. I am so done with Aaron Rodgers. Just go retire and chew your mushrooms or whatever the hell else you were doing in the offseason and go on Joe Rogan's stupid podcast and get into your conspiracy theories and go away you already had one foot out the door anyway Aaron Rodgers don't let it hit you on the way out um my last thing on this and then uh Rachel can tie us up here um I think we do this in sports where like Aaron Rodgers like very famously like had the relax line right the R-E-L-A-X whatever and the only reason that that's famous is because they like went on a run right but like there are so many like sound bites that are lost in the abyss because teams suck or lose. And so like if the Packers had come out and won the like most played clip all day, Monday, Halloween day would, would have been him at the press conference after the Washington loss. Like, I think this is what we really need. This is our chance. What, what was it like? Uh, you know, an opportunity to get exposed, whatever it was he said about the, he was like, he was like bills on Sunday night football. Like, that line would have lived in lore forever if they had won, but like, because they got destroyed, nobody cares. It's just funny. Like the way narratives work that way. I mean, you lost to the giants. You, lost to the jets you lost to the commanders now you lost to the bills four straight i mean new york owns you get out of here just go away it is over green bay packers Mm, tough scene tough 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 scene uh matt lafleur by the way you know what what you doing what you doing here yeah i'm not gonna get on the floor too much i mean the guy's won 13 games pretty much every year of his career before this year I do want to shout out Mike Sando's pick six column one last time. Uh, my very last comment here. Um, he the like leading point of his pick six was about the Packers offense and the Chiefs offense and how they both obviously traded away their star receivers. Uh, Chiefs offense ranks number one in EPA per play. The Packers are twenty second <laughs> as of uh, as of mon- as of Monday morning at least. Um, and and he talked to, the line he had that I thought was really great was imagine how hard it is for a bill to become a law with the Packers and he talked about all the people who have to sign off on a trade or whatever the case may be like and those people obviously include Aaron Rodgers and, and you know Lafleur and all sorts of people because of the unique structure of that team and I thought so many people are sitting here and, and he had a line in there that said the coach is coach and what is the number one criticism of Mike McCarthy oh well I'll, you know he just does what he does well he's kind of used to it like that's the Green Bay way right like you have you know people you have a lot of cooks in that kitchen so to speak I, it was just kind of an interesting you know way to look at that thing but um cowboys at packers that's their next uh cowboys next game packers um obviously not on by this week but this one's for mike anyway rachel uh welcome aboard uh couple of things number one your takeaways from sunday's action number two 
your thoughts on Tootsie Rolls, and number three, the MFWG. My thoughts on week eight action. One of my biggest takeaways was Derrick Henry. I think that that deserves to be at the top of the list for sure. Like he had more rushing rushing touchdowns uh, than the Texans had total yards on offense. That's it's <laughs> actually insane. Yeah. Um, my takeaways, I'm actually disappointed in you guys. You guys left a lot of amazing candies like on the table. Nobody said um, I didn't I, I didn't touch these at all. This was Nobody all said Swedish fish, like sour patch kids, so many oh, good candies that like were left on the table. But anyway, um are you a, are you a sour candy person, Rachel? It seems that way. I actually don't like sour patch kids, but I know people like go crazy over sour candy. I'm not a fan, but a lot of people do. Sour patch kids are good. Okay. Do you do you uh, like Tootsie Rolls? I like Tootsie Rolls, but I like candies that a lot of people don't like. So It's a candy and a dance. Come on, you can't beat that. I would have went with the Tootsie oh Pop, the Tootsie Roll lollipops over Tootsie. Remember who shouted that out? That was me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but um, definitely, I have to agree with RJ. You mentioned like you would have went with uh, the snow caps over the junior mints. I agree with that one when it comes to the commanders. Also, sets. I think that this was the best one in my opinion. How you compare Justin Fields to Good and Plenty? Because those candies, when I think of that candy, I think of like they're sitting at someone's grandparents' house. Like nobody likes those candies. Um, but shout out to RJ for coming up with this idea because this was probably one of one of my favorite shows by far. Wow, tough um, moment for Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't an accident, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so today's episode, I'm going to give it to RJ. Let's go! But shout out Let's... to uh, Stats, because I know that you had to come off, come up with these like on the top of the dome. And Yeah, were, but um, you didn't do as week. great of a job as I did, Stats. That's what Rachel Well, it's said, easy so. to sit back and criticize the choices <laughs> when you don't have to make any of your own. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rachel, since you didn't pick any candy well you picked the one candy obviously for the eagles but your top three halloween candies halloween candy specifically and and shout out to you because you like candy corn i put this as a halloween candy because this is when i first got introduced to this candy they used to have the white chocolate kit kat bars but they were dyed orange you've talked That's about this That's she, and she like likes to eat the chocolate around the wafer and i don't like them cold you they need to be kind of like melting a little bit <laughs> I want them to be melting just a tad. I have so many questions. First of all, where are you getting <laughs> these mysterious orange Kit Kats? I've never seen an orange Kit Kat in my orange. life. Orange. school, they used to be like dyed orange. Like they were white chocolate, but they were orange, mm-hmm. like color, coloring. Uh, and why do you eat? So hold on. How do you even eat a Kit Kat without eating the wafer? Explain I love it. the wafer. That's my favorite part. And they think I'm weird for this, but I like to eat the chocolate first and then save the wafer part for last. But you know, they sell sugar <laughs> wafers, right? You could just buy those. <laughs> I don't know. No, I actually, I've never asked yeah. this. Do you need like a plate ratio when you eat a Kit Kat? Because like, I don't need a plate. Like, well, like, where do you store the wafer? Like, you're just like, <laughs> like you're just like in the middle. Your... It's in the middle. So you're just biting like around it. So you eat it like an yeah. ear of corn? Yes. <laughs> all right okay well that's number one give us two more candies please two more candies um i'm gonna go with the cherry pull and peel twizzlers Mm. not a twizzler guy i like yeah not my thing i don't like the regular twizzlers but the pull and peel ones are really good and then halloween candy i'll put i'll put candy corn up there good for you we like candy corn well it is halloween (laughs) Nobody dressed up, but I did come prepared. 
Oh, no. Oh, oh we got a <laughs> Spider-Man mask. Look at RJ. Nice. Oh, I love it. Energy. Yes. Extra point. That's right. <laughs> Tom, How you feeling favorite Spider-Man actor. Go. Um... Toby Maguire. Uh, I mean, for my lifetime. Yeah. You know, well, like, it's like how he made okay. me feel. I mean, okay. like, it's, so like, it's an emotional ride for me. But if we're talking about like who's the best, it's it's Tom Holland. You know what I mean? Because he like captures the energy the best. But th they're different answers. Way to say more than one. There's three to choose I, from. And you I thought about two. doing the whole show with this, but it's difficult. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't. It, yeah. It would have sure. been difficult. Like, it's and I wanted to drink my coffee too. Like, it would have been hard. So yeah, um, I love it though. I should have brought a costume. Halloween's the best What's, holiday. What's your favorite no, thing? That, what's what's the like go-to costume for you, Rachel? You got to dress up because now I have this mask and I can do this whenever I want. But like, what's your go-to costume? A go-to costume? Yeah, right. All of a sudden, you get invited to a Halloween party and you've got like right. an hour to prepare. Mm -hmm. A cat? Because I feel like everybody has like little ears. Like mm, that's, that's a good one. Ears. Everybody what's has little ears. You know. You well, know what? Just sitting around, like it's an easy costume. Yeah, and you throw on like a black t-shirt or something like that. Yeah, very yeah. well done. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm gonna guess stats is stats is a referee. Guarantee you he has like a referee <laughs> shirt in his house. No, my go-to is Clark Kent because I have multiple <laughs> Superman t-shirts, and then you just throw on a dress shirt that you like leave unbuttoned with glasses, yeah. which I wear glasses really, anyway. I like it's really um kind of narcissistic. Like you're saying you look a little bit like Superman. No, I'm saying <laughs> I look like Clark Kent, <laughs> the far nerdier, geeky you know clumsy alter ego um you both did a bad job or poor job of letting the podcast audience know like my voice sounds muffled it's, i put on a spider i mask. said you put a mask that. on oh i didn't hear that i didn't have my headphones on so i didn't you know i had to take them off to put the mask on that's a loss of the mf double mvp right there wrong um rachel <laughs> yeah. um i would like you to pick um a candy that we have not said that stats has to create a sound for as we leave. No, I'm not doing this. You have to. Nope. Those are the rules around. I'm out. Pete, Pete does it every week. This is, does it. this is a good one. I got you. I got you. Pop rocks. That's that actually is pretty good. I I don't know. How do you do the pop rocks? <laughs> How's that? That's all I got. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.